Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 12. Here's Pastor Ryan. God is good. Father, we thank you for your mercy, your love, and your grace upon our lives, Lord. You are the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, Lord. And oh, how we feel these are the days of Elijah, the days of John the Baptist, Lord, just preaching a a voice crying out in the wilderness in these dark days, making straight the path of the Lord. Jesus, you're coming soon. You can come at any moment for your church. We want to be ready. And we know, Lord God, that to be in your house, studying your word is a good place to be. And so, Lord, have your way in our hearts, Lord. Give us humility and meekness. Remove pride from us, Lord, and help us to receive your living word. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. All right. Well, today is a pretty big day in the Jewish calendar, right? It's uh, Rosh Hashanah, which is the Feast of Trumpets, the head of the year, the Jewish uh, New Year in the Hebrew calendar. It is followed by 10 days of repentance and Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. It makes up the high holy days. Jewish tradition says that God writes every person's words, deeds, and thoughts in something called the Book of Life, which he opens and examines on this day every year. If good deeds outnumber sinful ones for the year, that person's name will be inscribed in the book for another year on Yom Kippur. So during Rosh Hashanah, the shofar, The ram's horn is blown to call people to repent and remind them that the holy days are arriving. During Rosh Hashanah synagogue services, the shofar is blown a hundred times. A hundred times. Rosh Hashanah is sometimes referred to as the day of judgment, for after all, God's checking that list to see, you know, if uh, one's sins and good deeds outweigh each other. So it's referred to as the day of judgment. Jesus Christ, we know, is the judge. He died on the cross for our sins. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, the Son of God. And on the third day, He rose from the dead for our justification. He's at the right hand of the Father until the Lord makes His enemies His footstool. But Jesus is the authority. He is the judge of the judgment. In John chapter 5, verse 24, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my words and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. 
For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Paul, speaking to Timothy, would refer to Jesus as being the judge. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, he says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and at his kingdom. Jesus is the judge at judgment day. And God does have a book of life, right? We've heard of it. We have one. It's called the Lamb's Book of Life, and it's referred to in Revelation 21. The Lamb's Book of Life. And the only way one's name is inscribed in the Lamb's Book of Life is by repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's the only way to get your name written in His book. And the only way, uh, and if one is not found in the Lamb's book of life, in Revelation 20, verse 15, it says that he will be cast into the lake of fire. So it's a super serious thing. It's everything. In fact, there's nothing more important in a person's life that that their name is inscribed in the Lamb's book of life. Some people believe that the four spring uh, religious festivals, holidays, the Passover, the unleavened bread, the Feast of First Fruits, and the Feast of Weeks, that they were fulfilled during Jesus' first coming. And some believe that the three autumn holidays, the first one being uh, today, the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Booths, that these will be fulfilled in Jesus' second coming. Rosh Hashanah is a serious New Year's New Year holiday. It's a serious one. It's not like ours, January 1st, which is celebratory. To them, it's serious. It's serious because it's judgment day. They're weighing things out. It's a call to repentance. And a common custom is to send out cards to relatives and friends uh, that uh, wish a happy and healthy and prosperous new year. But with those cards, there's the message, usually inscribed in Hebrew. It says, El Shana Tova Tikatevu, which means, may you be inscribed in the book of life for a good year. In other words, the, the, the wish is that your good deeds outweighed the bad, and may you be written in the book again. Reminds us of the true book of the Lamb of God. But it also, it's very sad. And when you go to Israel and you see the Wailing Wall, it's a very sad thing. And it's a picture really of the world's, uh, of the way the world thinks. That it's by their own deeds and their own philosophies by which their sins are atoned for. It's by their own philosophies and their own ideas that they think God will let them into heaven. After all, they haven't killed anybody. They're not terribly bad people. And it's unfortunate that Satan has blinded the eyes of this world to think that there is another way, but we know that there's no other name 
given under heaven by which man can be saved, but that the man Christ Jesus. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And no man comes to the Father but by him. Some believe that the rapture is going to take place on Rosh Hashanah. If that's the case, then at about 1.56 this afternoon, be ready. <laughs> Don't quote me, all right? You know I'm kidding. That's it. He's calling a date and time. <laughs> Listen, it's good for us to wake up every day and say, maybe today at 2 o'clock we're out of here. I mean, our lives would be completely and utterly different. We'd be so sweet and so kind. Fruits of the Spirit would just be pouring out. And they believe this because in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 21 through 52, Paul writes, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, meaning die. We shall not all die. There's just going to be a generation that does not die. That's biblical God truth. There's going to be a generation that does not see death. Right? We shall not all sleep or die, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed in a twinkling of an eye. Boom. As fast as you can blink, changed, new body with the Lord, raptured out of here. And the reason being is because God is a just and loving God. It is His character that He does not punish the righteous with the wicked. God's wrath is going to be poured out on a Christ-rejecting world. It's coming. Look at the world. Rejects everything God. And there's going to be a price to pay for the rejection of Jesus Christ. And it's coming. But while we're still here, he cannot pour out his wrath on us. Because why would he pour his wrath out, his wrath out on his bride? The church is referred to as the bride of Christ. Who would do that? I'm reminded of Abraham in Genesis 18. You know the story when God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for their sins, their wicked sins. Immorality had reached an all-time high. The homosexual lifestyle was accepted. And you know the story that uh, the men of Sodom wanted to rape the angels that came to rescue Lot. Genesis 18, Abraham would cry out concerning Sodom and Gomorrah because his nephew Lot was there. He said to God, would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is right? 
So the Lord said, if I find 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. That's the character of our God. It's not going to destroy a place if there are any righteous there. And that's why the rapture of the church, the harposal, the snatching out of here, will take place before God pours out his wrath on a Christ-rejecting world. He's going to get his people out of here. So be ready. Be ready. Love Jesus. Kiss him. Love him. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is where we find it. In 15, verses 15 through 18, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up, harposled out, snatched out of here, up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. It's coming. He's coming halfway down. Halfway in the clouds, twinkling of an eye, we're going to shoot up fast. You know, and just be transformed and be with them. And then we come back with them for a second coming when he puts an end to the madness here on earth. In Matthew 24, verse 43 through 44, Jesus says, But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not know. Be ready. Be ready, God says. In Romans 13, the very book that we're in, verse 11 through 12, Paul says, And do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Paul is saying we need to awake from spiritual sleepiness, slumberness, complacency, lethargicness, (laughs) if that's the word. It's time to wake up. For our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. God, through Paul, says, and do this knowing the time. God assumes that you and I, as the body of Christ, as believers, he assumes that we know what time it is. You know what time it is? Man, we found out through COVID and all of that, how many people don't know what time it is, even within the church? It's a time of great deception. We need to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. We need to test all things. Is it biblical? Is it biblical? And do this knowing the time, that now it is high time to wake. It's, it's, it's high time. It is, it is the most important time in history for us to be awake spiritually. 
for our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the night, the hour of darkness, the age of darkness, the, the, the world is under the sway of the devil. We are in that age right now. The night is far spent, meaning it's the end of Satan's time. It's far spent. He knows his time is short. That's why the world is so messed up and getting way more messed up quick, quicker than we've ever seen it. This is not Chuck Smith's Calvary Chapel anymore, man. It's a whole new day. I remember being there in my, when I was young in the faith, and it was like, you know, the things were happening at a certain pace. Now they're, now they're just every week, every day. There's something crazy going on. Boy, do I miss him. His voice is so soothing even today, you know? God expects us to know the time. It's been a couple, it's been a couple of crazy two weeks with the war in Ukraine. Did you guys hear that uh, Dmitry uh, Medvedev came out with a crazy statement about a week and a half ago? They're upset with the West. The, the West is tripping. The East is tripping. The leader of the Ukraine is no Boy Scout. There's corruption. He put his political opponents in prison. It isn't a democracy like we think it is. And you can't believe all the hype. I'm not choosing. No one. No one's cool with Russia going in there. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm pointing this out because God assumes that we know what time it is. Dmitry Medvedev, he's, he was the Russian president for, for a little bit. He's the security council at the moment. But this is what he said, because of all the rhetoric and all the threats coming from this administration and other NATO countries. This is what he said. Yet still the narrow-minded politicians and their stupid think tanks, thoughtfully twirling a glass of wine in their hands, Talk about how they can deal with us without entering into a direct war and leading their countries down the road of a nuclear Armageddon with their hybrid war against Moscow. Dull idiots with a classical education endlessly funneling weapons and support to Ukraine while pretending not to be directly involved in the conflict will not work, added the deputy chair of the Russian Security Council. The security guarantees proposal unveiled by Kiev on Tuesday was really a prologue to the Third World War, said Medvedev, calling it a hysterical appeal to Western countries engaged in a proxy war against Russia. If the West continues its unrestrained pumping of the Kiev regime with the most dangerous types of weapons, Russia's military campaign will move to the next level, where visible boundaries and potential uh, predictability of actions by the parties to the conflict will be erased and the conflict will take on a life of its own, as wars often do, or always do. And when the Western nations will not, and the, and then the Western nations will not be able to sit in their clean homes, laughing at how they carefully weaken Russia by proxy, everything will be on fire around them. 
Their people will harvest their grief in full. The land will be on fire and the concrete will melt. Medvedev wrote before citing a Bible verse from Revelation 9.18 that says, By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. I mean, that's... I share that because if Christians were not in America, if the rapture were to happen this afternoon at 156, I tell you, I tell you, America is done. We are a wicked country, guys. And the, and the, Number one pushers of pornography and every, you just, just, the list goes on and on. Without Christians, the church as a restraining force for evil, why should God protect America when his church is gone? And this is the real world. And he's, 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 you know, calling them all kinds of names and stuff. But what we, what I appreciate about this guy is at least he's truthful, right? It's kind of like why we like Trump, some of us, most of us. You know, yeah, he's crass, yeah. But that truth, when they cut, oh man, call it like it is. We love that. I'm from the streets. We love that truth. Give me some truth. Don't lie to me. Give me some truth. This guy right here is saying basically to the Western nations, you may think that you're not involved. But the way we see you, because you're giving weapons and giving money, we're at war with you. He's calling it real. That street, I appreciate that. You know, this administration can say, oh, it's a war between the Ukraine and Russia. It's a war between America and Russia. We're giving them weapons. We're giving them money. That's our war against them. And I love that they call the truth. He called the truth. And then he says, basically, look, if you if you keep messing with us, when we handle business, you're on the list too. Vladimir Putin came out with a quote or with a speech this week. He he's he's uh calling up three hundred soldiers, three hundred thousand soldiers. He said this: some irresponsible politicians in the West are not talking are now are not only talking about plans to supply Ukraine with long-range offensive weapons, systems that would enable attacks on in Crimea and other regions of Russia. Washington, London, and Brussels are directly urging Kiev to transfer military operations to our territory. They no longer hide the talk about defeating Russia by any means on the battlefield. This is to be followed by the withdrawal of political, economic, cultural, and in general, any kind of sovereignty and complete plundering of our country. That's what they're saying. That's what this administration is saying. Uh, you know, they're encouraging the Ukraine, just go into Russia and, and hit them. I mean, Russia can flatten the Ukraine in two minutes. What, why would they encourage something like that? What are the, and if it wasn't for the church here, I'm telling you, this country is in trouble. They're, and that's what Vladimir's saying. You know, like, he's, these guys, they're upsetting these guys. And you never underestimate someone that you're at war with, ever. 
Nuclear blackmail has also now begun, says Putin. I am speaking not only of the Western-sponsored shelling of the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, which poses a threat of nuclear catastrophe, but also of the statements made by some senior officials of leading NATO countries on whether it is possible and permissible to use weapons of mass destruction. Nuclear we- They're actually saying this stuff out loud. Do you think we can use weapons against Russia, like nuclear weapons? Well... Remember how Trump would say of Hillary, you're telling the enemy everything that you're going to do before you do it. Like, I'm from the streets. That's like basic warfare. You don't tell the enemy what you're going to do. And these guys are kicking back with their lattes, asking the question out loud. Can we nuke them? Like, they can't nuke you back. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.